Cynic Empowerment. Welcome, everyone. This is Cynic Empowerment. My name is Jimmy Horn. And I'm Tim Carpenter. Welcome, everybody. Man, I tell you what, Jimmy, I am revved up. I'm ready to go. This is a very exciting episode for more reasons than one. I would say that the primary reason is probably that I have ingested more sugar this morning than I have in many months prior combined. Give me a walkthrough. Like, what all did you eat? Okay, so uh, we went to this place uh, called Sugar Shack. I think I can, yeah, I can, I can use business names. I don't give, I don't give a shit. Uh, it's like a free plug, right? They make awesome donuts, so we we drove in and we waited in line. There was a line at a donut shop, so if that tells you anything about how good this place is, and you get to pick all your donuts out, and they're all like these like artisan donuts, right? Super fancy, like there's like bacon on top, and got like your blueberry cake donuts and a bunch of crazy good stuff. So we packed them up in a little, little like druggy box. You know, we tried to make as few eye contact. With the <laughs> like a little box. like like a box or like a little brown baggie, yeah, a little little unmarked bag. Okay, you know, put an X on it after it's been paid. You know that kind of stuff. Okay, uh, and then uh, we we took it over to our uh, the table that, that we had put all our stuff on. You know, you got to save the table so that we could just sit there and pig out in front of all the other people that were also getting donuts because it's socially acceptable to do that. Right, you can just sit there. And I was like putting like multiple ones on each of my fingers. And I was just like, oh, no, no, no. Getting all sticky. Homer Simpson great. style. Oh, yeah, it was great. You know, like, it went a little too fast, like kind of nibbled on my finger a little bit. I'm like, oh, that's not donut. Don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, don't. Oh. Did you have a favorite donut? Uh, my favorite donut. Yeah, it's Samoa donut. That's uh, a Samoa so. Donut. You got like your uh, your toasted coconut. You kind of sprinkle that all over. And then you got your your chocolate swizzle. You know, like the Girl Scout. Where thing. I come from, we call those caramel delights. Caramel delights. Is that is that like a, a Texas thing or? No, oh no, it's uh, half the United States is Samoans. Half the United States is caramel delights. It's not. It's true. It's true. I don't know why. Um, but if you really well, think about it, Samoans probably a little bit culturally insensitive to like refer to an entire like ethnicity of people as like a sweet coconut drizzled cookie <laughs> okay so normally i'd agree with you there but i can think of nothing better to represent any culture than something like a samoa cookie those things are fantastic and even better on a donut i just says my favorite kind of donut God like damn it. i i wish that there was like some kind of thing that was just like i don't know i don't even know what my ethnicity is but if i had one if i wasn't just like a clear person then I I would want a dessert to be named after me it's or like, my ethnicity. It's like the the whitey. It's just like a a Twinkie, but instead of being yellow, it's white. Hey, mm-hmm. you want to get some whiteies? Yeah, cream filled delights. <laughs> They're great. I haven't had a Twinkie in a while either, man. Thanks for reminding me on that. It's almost like I'm addicted. Ooh, it brings us to our subject of today, which is sugar. that's it just just sugar not anything specific about it but sugar even though we think of it just as a commodity it's got a a lot of different interesting facets to it that we may not think about on our our day-to-day trivial lives especially not when you're stuffing your face full of sugar every single day and we know you guys are like i did it this morning just shamelessly 
So I know that some of you right now are probably listening to this podcast and you're just taking like spoonfuls of granulated sugar and just like crunch, 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 crunch. Putting it straight to your face hole. Yep, right into the straight. Or you like put it in your eye because that gets you higher. You know, like you just like kind of like drizzle it in like the like a center of your cornea. Just like rub it in a little bit. I think you can like you can even like butt bong sugar these days, right? <laughs> that some people are doing boofing, boofing sugar. Yeah, boofing. Is that the official term? Boofing. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did he have first? No, <laughs> boofing. I'm pretty sure putting things into your butt for some type of uh, psychoactive gain. I don't know. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Don't try this at kids. Don't, don't try this at kids' home. <laughs> don't try this at a kids' home. <laughs> Any other so homes, fine. Oh, oh shit. Okay, so where do we want to jump into this first? I, I don't know. It's it's a big, big topic. It's, We're gonna try to cover a lot of points. It's a huge topic. I mean, there's lots of different ways you can talk about sugar from a the historical standpoint and how it's become uh, so readily available. It used to be a very expensive commodity but with industrialization we've been able to mass harvest it with giant machines and then use our bleaching and other chemical processes to basically refine it like basically the sugar that we eat today is like the cocaine equivalent of sugar because cocaine it is just like leaves off a plant that uh, indigenous people used to just suck on for fun and get like a little bit of a buzz from but (laughs) same with sugarcane exactly that's that's how they used to uh they would just chew on it in order to get the sweetness yeah and i've actually had fresh sugarcane when when i was in uh, haiti and it's it's different um but you definitely don't get the same sugar high just munching on some it's basically just like a really porous grass right that's got like a lot of juicy liquid on the inside and it's just very um i, I don't know styrofoamy or something like that is the best way i can describe yeah. it and you you chew on it and then you squeeze out the juices uh yeah. but i mean you probably have to munch on like an entire cane of sugar to get the equivalent as like one tablespoon of our refined condensed sugar mm-hmm. that you get out of the box or whatever yeah you want that you want that good shit that you good, want good that shit that refined yeah, that uh, and concentrated fish scale <laughs> pure Colombian sugar. Yeah, it's it's white for God's sakes. Like it's like a pure white color. It's granulated. It looks like okay. So for all of you you peoples out there that have ever been through uh, a a United States middle school, you guys have probably seen pictures of methamphetamine or some other type of drug when the, the dare officers come into your classroom. And they're like, we want to make all you kids aware of these things that you were never aware about beforehand. Yeah. Check it out. <laughs> this is what meth looks like. And it looks like just – like sometimes it just looks Yellow like straight sugar. up. Sugar. Yeah, it's like, huh, okay, I got some of that in my house. <laughs> yeah. Let me just cook this up on a spoon, get it all ready. Yeah. Is that all? Yeah, and then they're like sitting there, like showing you how to do it, like. And if you really want to get high, then you gotta like tap it this way and like insert yeah. it into your neck vein. And what officer? Like, yeah, officer, you you're not allowed to do that here. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, you're right, kids. Sorry. Yeah, it's for your own good. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I am the law. I can do what I want. Uh, speaking of doing what they want. Uh, sugar production 
uh, over the course of human history uh, has gone from being something that's relatively difficult until the modern day when when you get all of the the setup out of the way mm-hmm. uh, it becomes this ever-growing uh, difficult to stop monstrosity of a snowball yeah so once upon a time you know honey uh, and uh, th- that was that was gonna be cheaper than any type of sugar you could find but this was way back in the day when right. it was still only found in indigenous areas uh, and it was regarded, at least as of the first century, as being used explicitly for medicinal purposes. Uh, actually, Pliny the Elder uh, writes about it. Uh, really? And for those of you that don't know Pliny the Elder, he was a he was a, a naturalist, a philosopher, uh, very intelligible guy, uh, and he thought it was just a medicine, which is probably good that it would have just stayed that. But no, it's it's too good, and like all good things, <laughs> they can get out of hand. Yep. Uh, so we have the first, uh, just a couple of important dates here. Uh, China establishes uh, the first sugarcane plantation in the seventh century, oh. uh, common era that is. Yeah. So that was the the first example of, you know, some type of authoritative approach to sugar making you get a whole bunch of people together you pay them hardly anything or in a lot of instances just force them to work uh and they they get sugar for you yay sugar's great yay let the peasants harvest it (laughs) all right let the peasants harvest it it's absolutely terrible uh and then let's see let's see um we have a, a couple of folks around the 12th century saying that sugar is like God's gift to humanity. Uh, so that's kind of like making all of this this rhetoric regarding sugar into this positive thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, around 1710, uh, you got the Egyptians who uh, developed the clarification, crystallization, and refining of sugar. So we have Egyptians to thank for that. Uh, it touches down in England in 1319, touches down in the New World in 1493, and touches yeah. down in Louisiana in the late 1700s. And, yeah, like from what I understood when I was uh, researching stuff online, prior to cotton, sugar is kind of what jump-started the slave trade, especially in the Caribbean. Basically, all of the Caribbean was sugar plantations. And we can still see some of the remnants of that today because, like, uh, like most of our sugar today does not come from the Caribbean. Most of it comes from Brazil, India, and then China. Those are the top three. Uh, mm. But there's still a lot of sugar that's harvested in the Dominican public. And mm. there's this really awful, well, it's a great documentary, but it's very sad. It's called The Price of Sugar. It's made in 2007, and mm. it follows... Um, these uh, sugarcane farmers in Dominican Republic. And essentially what will happen is Dominicans will go over to Haiti, which, I mean, Dominican Republic and Haiti are both poor countries, but Haiti is much more impoverished than Dominican Republic. And so they'll go up to some Haitian person and be like, hey, you don't have a job, you don't have this, that, and the other. Why don't you come with me over to the Dominican Republic and work on the sugarcane farm? We'll pay you this money, and it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Happy fun time. sounds like a good idea. (laughs) Right. sounds like a great idea. Why not? I'm unemployed. Let's do this. I like sugar. I like sugar. (laughs) Uh, and then they go to the Dominican Republic, and then these thugs will essentially take all their papers, throw them away, put them on this farm with armed guards, and then these people 
get yeah. paid so little money that they can't afford to go back to Haiti or leave or do anything. And plus the armed guards also make it very difficult to leave for obvious reasons. And then they're essentially <laughs> modern day slaves on these farms. And I guess the only good thing about this is there's a guy named Christopher Hartley, which is a Catholic priest that's trying to improve the working conditions of these Haitian people. But still, yeah. it's a really sad, shitty situation. This is something we don't think about of like the people that actually harvest the sugar, you know? And that's 2007. Uh yeah, that's 2007. Like this is modern day. Um, I think, I think the conditions have been improved some um, since then, but it's still not in an ideal situation. But if you have armed guards yeah, that yeah. are watching over your your labor force, isn't right. that like some kind of human rights violation? Like, you, well, <laughs> you would you would think. Um, but I think in our last episode we talked about uh, corporal punishment. We have a very similar image. Of armed guards on horses yeah. with uh, people working on farms. So I don't know, Tim. Yep. Yeah, as long as you stigmatize the individual prior, you can make them do whatever. Right. Hey, you know, railroads in the United States and in other municipalities and, and a lot of things that we as modern day humans take for granted were produced through either slave labor or forced labor. Which right. is essentially slave labor, you know. It's 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 basically the same thing. Um, yeah, so that's a good thing to keep in mind whenever you're taking a, a nice, lovely stroll. You just remember that the road under your feet could very well have been paved by good old slave labor. Yep. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so yeah, uh, sugar is a it's kind of a dastardly thing. Comes in many different forms. Uh, you have the uh, cane form, which is I assume what was being harvested in that documentary. Yeah, it's sugar cane, yeah. Sugar cane. Uh, and that is still a relatively prolific variety of sugar in uh, in the United States today. I, I'm taking more of an ethnocentric approach for those of you out there that haven't noticed already. Uh, so a lot of the numbers that I found uh, are relegated specifically to – United States populations. Mm -hmm. uh, and in the United States, uh, about 25% of our sugar comes from sugarcane. So uh, not really much when you think about it, uh, yeah. especially since that's that's the, that's the go-to, right? Like if, right. if you think like, where does sugar come from? You think sugarcane, right? <laughs> that's what it's there for. Uh, the other, uh, we have uh, another 20% or so that uh, comes from uh, sugar beets. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, sugar beets, uh, we, we wouldn't have that uh, unless uh, sometime around the mid 1700s, I think it was uh, 1747, uh, German chemist Margraf demonstrates that beet sugar and cane sugar are virtually identical. And soon after that, they start to develop techniques to be able to extract the sugar from the beet. Uh, and in fact, you can get about 24 percent or so. I, you know, out of out of that, the vegetable, uh, about twenty five percent of it is carbohydrates and sugars and things like that. Yeah. Um, and we wouldn't actually have beet sugar at all, as as pronounced as it is in the modern day, if it wasn't for the English imposing their continental blockade on Napoleon, because really? you had. It, absolutely, because uh, right about the same time that the Germans were perfecting this technique, the French were also working on factories to be able to produce uh, 
uh, beet sugar, but without that type of, um, you know, the influx of sugar cane that would still be coming into their countries yeah. via the, the continental blockade, uh, then they had to resort to something else. So it kicked it into hyperdrive because it was still very necessary that they had sugar. I mean, people get addicted to it after all. Right. So you, you got to have it. And sooner than later, you know, you, you end up having 20 percent of the uh, the United States uh, sugar coming from sugar beets. Interesting. So, ridiculous. Yeah. That's a uh, fact. Also, uh, the United States is one of the top five sugar uh, beet sugar producers. Yep, yep, yep. Are the do the beets happen to be by Dre? The, <laughs> ah! Oh man, that's a good one. Zing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, and uh, the United States, they uh, they still need to import sugar despite that. Like Not even enough. though we're some of the largest right. uh, in production of sugar, we still can't get enough. <laughs> right, and, and and like I don't want to get into corn because corn is a whole nother fucking animal. But also think about how much shit has corn syrup in it, right? Like we put corn syrup in so much of our garbage, which is essentially sugar. And oh. and we still like with our combined sugar and corn subsidies, we can't pr- produce enough to quell the masses mm-hmm. uh, like and just to talk about the production of sugar in the United States. I was looking up uh, information and we waste four billion dollars a year subsidizing this sh- garbage that isn't even good for us. Like we don't spend that much on like broccoli subsidies you know or spinach or any of these other things that actually make life uh prosperous and better uh but no we're going to spend four billion dollars a year to make sure these farmers can produce sugar that isn't even good for us it is destroying our health well, I mean, it's a very debatable topic, right? Because when we're no. discussing the farm bill, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> not when debatable. The farm bill or other farm subsidies, uh, you have the livelihood of many a people on the line yeah. when discussing you know, whether or not they are Sup- going to Support them in growing something else. I'm not saying ruin the farmer's life. Like Farmers mm-hmm. commit suicide at a higher rate than anyone else in America. That's a, yeah. that's a, that's a statistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because of you know people like Trump putting tariffs on our corn and our soybeans so China won't buy it. Okay, I'm not, okay. not going to talk about that anymore. But you know, being a farmer <laughs> isn't easy. And so if they're not able to sell their product, they're going to lose their livelihood. Farm equipment's very expensive. But at the same time, like, I'm all about supporting farmers. Just support them to grow stuff that's good. Like, wouldn't it be amazing if we were just, like, because we also spend $20 billion on corn subsidies. So that's $24 billion with corn and sugar combined. What if we were, like, throwing all that subsidies at, like, broccoli? And broccoli was just, like cheap as fuck and then all these all these companies just started having to uh like implement broccoli and all their stuff because that's the only reason why corns and everything because it's so cheap like imagine like if you went into a store it's like oh we have these broccoli chips and it's just like pringles but made of broccoli and then like oh all these like other snack things made of broccoli and then we have this broccoli whatever and broccoli's 10 cents a pound i don't know i'm I'm loving it so 
In regards to broccoli production, I've never personally grown broccoli, but I have had many family members grow corn. Uh, and in terms of acreage to yield, yeah. you can get a shit ton more corn than you can broccoli. Definitely. Because, because it, you know, it's it grows up on the stalk and you can get like, what, like five years per stalk or something like that. I don't know. And, and granted, it also depends on what kind of crazy ass genetically modified, uh, you know, foods that you're working with. Uh, but you, you can get way more of a yield, which makes it that much cheaper, which, right. but also plays into the fact that that has been developed for the reasoning that we're discussing now. It's been subsidized. There's a reason. There, there's a, a money market behind it. Um, so you, you see this this development of high fructose corn syrups being the, the, the premier sugar source for Americans, at least, if not a lot of the world. Um, over half of our sugar consumption comes from high fructose corn syrups. Well, and it, but it wouldn't be sustainable or profitable if they weren't subsidized to the beat of twenty billion dollars a year, right? Like it would be that much more expensive for the consumer and everyone else involved if they didn't subsidize it so much. It wouldn't be sustainable. Well, I, I think uh, the problem is that it's there's still such a desire for it. Uh, like you see a lot of drug markets, for example, that are still flourishing despite the fact that they're very expensive commodities. I think people are going to get it however they can. And when it comes to something like high fructose corn syrup, that's kind of a, a Band-Aid on the bleeding of sugar addiction overall. Yeah. Because if we had to uh, gear all of our markets towards only receiving sugar from things like sugarcane or beets, then that's going to make the entire process a little bit less efficient. So that means not only would we have populations that would still be addicted to sugars, but then they would be getting addicted at, at more expensive rates. So I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm sure it's a very convoluted topic, and I'm sure that if we did, say, incentivize uh, farmers to grow crops that were uh, completely unrelated uh, through subsidy uh, incentivization – then maybe we would have something good on our hands, but for the time being, like we got to make sure that our populace gets their, their, uh, their fix. No, we don't. Yeah, we got, we got to. Why, why do we have to? I don't understand this definitive. <laughs> they'll get upset and they'll 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 storm the gates and something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I I could do without. Uh, despite the fact that I. I very much indulge this morning. I hardly ever eat sugar. For all of you viewers out there that are – or all of you listeners out there that are judging me right now, uh, I don't ever eat sugar. Like never. I, I had been on the keto diet for the longest time and now I'm sitting here eating six donuts in the morning. But Sting. you do drink beer, Tim, and alcohol sugar. I, I do. Absolutely. Well, I mean sugar is a carbohydrate, right? So technically you know, anything that has carbs in it is – you know, in, in relation, mm. um, I don't know. I, it gets a pretty bad rep, and I think for good reason. Oh, oh I th okay. I was afraid for a second. I, was, I thought this was also going to become like we came here to talk about the scourge of sugar, but I think it's got a bad rep. Yeah. I'm going to use my Silver my line. my science dossier funded by Big Sugar to defend yeah. it. Yeah, Archer Daniels Midland says, you know, like something like that. Yeah. Monsanto says, jeez. Right. Uh, yeah, well, that's pretty rough. Mm -mm -mm. Well, and well, high fructose corn syrup, 
Oh, man. Let's talk about Coca-Cola and Pepsi for a second. Let's do it. Right? So Coca-Cola and Pepsi, uh, in other countries, well, in, in many other nations, they still use uh, sugarcane uh, as the sweetener in their beverages. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the United States, they have completely shifted over to high fructose corn syrup. Mm-hmm. It, and I don't know if it's just because like the American palate can't necessarily tell the difference or because the the American uh, political mindset is not to be disturbed with such trivial facts as what <laughs> ingredients are in their food. Uh, but it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Like how could you have this syrupy monstrosity of a beverage – being sold just willy-nilly you you can be a child and you can buy like a you know some crazy you you could buy a two liter of coke and go outside just chug it on the curb yeah which is something i did when i was younger (laughs) yeah no i did that i uh i was um telling my girlfriend a story of like growing up like me being like a candy fiend like there was this uh corner store at the end of my neighborhood and me and I, I didn't have an allowance, but my buddy did. And so we would like take $5 there and we knew exactly how to spend like $5 the most efficient way possible. We would each get one of those like 12 ounce, you know, bottled sodas or 16 ounce, whatever they are. And then yeah. there was these things that were like these sour punch straws, but it wasn't like a case of straws. It was just like one giant straw. And I've never seen them anywhere except for my childhood and that corner store. But it was just yeah. this giant gummy fucking candy straw and we would drink our entire soda with this sugar straw thing and then eat it afterwards and just get hyped that's awesome it was i mean as a child it was great i'm sure if i did that now i'd probably like oh i don't feel so good uh i wish there was like some kind of a a really obvious symptom when whenever you you were like high on sugar like I know that you get like there are some side effects, but it's not as obvious as being drunk or oh, for sure. Stuff. Thank God. You know, your eyes aren't bloodshot. Your your speech isn't slurred. I wish there was something like that with sugar, where <laughs> like it was really obvious. <laughs> like your right ear would just like twitch constantly or something like that. Bro, dude, you're you're hiding that sugar, man. Look at your ear. It's going ear fucking fuck. crazy, bro. Yeah. <laughs> your ear's going crazy. <laughs> you gotta see this shit. <laughs> yeah, you can't come into work today. Your your ears are twitching, man. Well, and I think part of the sugar addiction comes from is like my example of my my little anecdote of like a child is is it's like something I think you do like it's like a reward system right when you're good you get rewarded with sugar most of your favorite family connection moments happen around sugar it's like oh me and my family went out for ice cream i have that really fond memory oh at thanksgiving we sat around and we ate these pies oh i have this really fond memory of eating you know pie that my grandma made and or my birthday we sat around and ate cake it's like all these like reaffirming nice happy warm fuzzy moments tend to happen around sugar and it and it seems like that can't help but you know reinforce the the uh the sugar addiction right it, absolutely it's socially acceptable like we we all are are in this this thing together <laughs> So when you go to make a cake uh, or when you go to make ice cream, for those of you out there that are, are, are cooks and bakers, 
you know, kudos to you. Thank you so much for what you do. My wife and I also try to, to do a little bit of cooking now and then. And we used to make our ice cream all the time, uh, which is actually like a, a disgusting conglomeration of parts, fat, and sugar. It's just it's so bad. Like it's so bad. Uh, in fact, we got to the point where we were like tinkering with the the individual ratios. Uh, and we decided to cut more milk out and add more heavy cream because we thought it would give it a better texture. And sure enough, it did. But, you know, we were we were like we were thickening it. We were concentrating it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure that over time, like if we were to really, you know, get on our game, we'd probably see like, hey, you know, maybe we could add more sugar here or, you know, do different things like that in order to increase the the delectability and the right the quality of this is a genius substance i love ice cream so much me too it's got that, be- it's my guilty pleasure it's like as far as sweets go it's definitely ice cream oh without a doubt what's your favorite kind of ice cream Ooh, anything bluebell anything bluebell as, okay. a, te- as a texas boy yeah any, anything bluebell like it's, it's just good it's just anything they make is good and they have so many flavors yeah. Oh, man. I, I like all kinds of ice cream. Uh, yeah. Did you ever uh, join in on a uh, – uh, what do you call them? It, it's like a – there's a specific word for them. The, like, ice cream gatherings where everybody Fuck. brings their homemade ice cream. Hell no. That sounds there's, creepy. There's a word for it. I'll see if I can remember. It for a, how can there be a specific word? There's a specific word for it. It's like for, a potluck, but for ice cream. A, the Fuck? It is. I swear it. And we That's did it in so specific. That's such a useless like use of making a new word. Like, oh, oh we will create a word for once people get together and share food, but specifically ice cream. Specifically ice cream. Specifically homemade ice cream. What the you gotta fuck? That's probably you- a Kentucky word. It probably doesn't exist. Yeah, well, I think we called it like a fluky doop or something like that. God damn it. Uh, uh, you, you guys coming down to the floop doop <laughs> Speaking of made-up Kentucky words, this is off the topic of sugar, but um, have you ever heard the word tump? T-U-M-P. Have you ever used the word tump before as a Kentucky boy? Tump? No, I don't think God. I have. Okay, someone was explaining it to me, and like apparently tump is when you like accidentally like tip something over like you tump it like it's someone oh god like, like a tip it was, and a dump? it's like a tip and a dump it's like an yeah. accidental dump you tump it you tump it over like tump. i don't know i was hanging out with some real kentucky people the other day or and like they were using all this lingo that i was like i i don't know any of this like apparently like another way to say close the door is to say pull it too and someone told me to yeah. pull you okay you've heard that one yeah. I've never heard pull it to. I was like, what the fuck do you mean? Pull it to. Yeah. Pull it pull it to what? Pull what it to, we, pull pull to pull the door frame. God. Like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. Like pull it too. Like what am I doing? There are some other good ones too, but I can't think of right now. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pull it too, man. So make sure it's make sure it's closed. We've talked about a lot of different aspects of sugar, but I think one aspect that's probably been harped on the most, like it's becoming, I think, collective knowledge at this point, but I think we we need to mention it uh, if we're going to talk about sugar, is talking about big sugar and talking about how sugar infiltrated uh, our food science in the 60s and 70s 
to uh, flip the switch, if you will, and blame all of our uh, modern illnesses, such as heart disease and otherwise, on fats. Yeah, what's up with that? Why? Fats aren't that bad. It's, well, I mean, if you are, so all of these companies, like if you look at anything that is a ready-made food in a store, and you look at the back, there's going to be some amount of sugar added to it, whether it's like two or three grams here or four grams there. And all of that is for profitability. Anything you can do to increase your short-term profit margin by making your food just that much more delicious, like you You'll be hard to even find something as mundane as like a pasta sauce without it having just a little bit of sugar added to it to try to make it as tasty and delicious as possible. And and so essentially what happened is companies like Pepsi, like Coca-Cola and other companies that were selling people on sugar were directly funding uh, uh, food scientists or just scientists in general to do studies. And then uh, they would do is hand select people that would... Focus harp more on uh, fats as the issue, and that would undercut uh, anything suggesting that sugar could have any kind of plausible case in creating harm for uh, the consumer. And so, and then, and with that is why we saw the entire low fat craze that we're still living in because people's belief that fats are harmful for them. And people will, a lot of times, if they think they're trying to be health conscious, will go and buy these low fat substitutes. But how they make those more enticing and delicious is by cutting out the fats and then adding sugar to it instead. Nice. It's a big conspiracy, dude. It, it, it's pretty awful. Like one of the uh, scientists is this guy named uh, Mark Hegstead. And what's interesting about him is not only did he uh, get involved in doing a lot of these uh, specific studies, he later went on to uh, become a part of uh, American government and policy by uh, becoming um, – what was it here? Uh, Department of Agriculture as Administrator of Human Nutrition. So you have this guy doing these sugar <laughs> studies, saying sugar isn't so bad, and then becoming part of American government, you know, influencing American policy. And you can't help but assume that he was probably uh, gotten to these places of power through funding, as you see a lot of people from other big ag, such as Monsanto, you know, working for Monsanto for several years and then becoming part of American government and administration, having direct uh, influence. They're just hardworking guys, you know, just uh, highly successful individuals who, based on their own uh, merit— and uh, struggle have pushed through the ranks and ultimately <laughs> made it to government office. Well, it's just so this I think highlights a bigger issue of what happens when you have your science funded by private corporations yep. and why American policy should work harder to ensure that we have non-biased science being funded by, non-biased third parties either through the government or otherwise that are funding science for science to be uh, learned and for us to learn and grow from it not from uh, special interest groups trying to get specific results because that's not 
how science is supposed to work. Yeah. The science is supposed to happen before the results, not the other way around. You can't do everything from the top down. Sometimes you, you got to be like, we have a hypothesis. We have no idea how this is going to go and then be unbiased in ultimately interpreting the data. But it's hard to do, especially when all this money's on the line, right? Exactly. They want results and they don't necessarily care if the, you know, the, the results were obtained in the most ethical of ways. All they want is some kind of, you know, pseudo study to back them up. Mm hmm. You know, so they can cite it and be like, oh, yeah, well, look, FDA, like you totally should uh, recognize this as, uh, as safe or grass. Exactly. Yeah. Got to gotta make sure your, your FDA recognizes, which uh, 1976, that was a big year. Everybody put that in your, in your date books. That's when the FDA recognized high fructose corn syrup as grass. Nice. Yep. Well, and also one thing that's interesting. So if you if you flip any old can of soda or any other manufactured uh, food, and it has your nutritional values on there, one mm -hmm. thing that you'll notice is that there's all these percentage marks next to everything on there as far as your fats and your sodiums and your yeah. carbohydrates, but there's no percentage mark next to sugar. There's, And the reason because of that is because these uh, big sugar companies have uh, basically held the FDA hostage telling them that they can't. Uh, put a percentage mark on there because if people started seeing that and realizing that they were getting 85% of their sugar from one can of Mountain Dew, that they might think otherwise of drinking eight to nine, 10 cans in a day. How do you do that? Oh my God. I can't, you can't even do that with water. Like my stomach doesn't hold <laughs> that volume. How do you drink that much soda? And I know people do. I've seen it. Like I, I I've seen people personally that'll, they could, they could pop open a two liter a day and polish that thing off. And for people listening that think we we are judging them for their sugar consumption, we are not. What we're saying is basically that your entire foodways have been hijacked by these very profitable companies trying to make as much money as possible. So you might want to, I don't know, like not, not make any drastic changes to your diet. But just for funsies, whenever you – anything you put into your cart at the grocery store, how about you flip it over and look at the back and just you know, take a look and see how much of the stuff you're buying has yeah. added sugars to it just to get an idea of how much these companies are trying to infiltrate all of your foodways. And then maybe, uh, you know, this, just think about it. <laughs> I, That's great. Not, it's great advice, Jimmy. Public uh, public service announcement yeah. from Timmy and Jimmy. Because I remember when I started reading about this stuff, I started learning about it in college. And I just started, you know, just looking at the back of you know, the packages and actually see, looking at the ingredients and trying to get an idea of what put in there. And it is very, very difficult to try to find, you know, basic stuff at the grocery store that doesn't have added sugar. It is yep. nigh impossible. You usually like you almost have to just go back to the basics of just fruits and vegetables, home cooked, you know, meats, um great uh practical grains like rices and your quinoas and your whatever because any of that stuff that enters a factory they're going to just add what either a lot of sugar or just a little teensy bit of sugar to try to make it that much tastier
Yep, you got to watch out for that. Sometimes tastier is not better. And over time, if you wean yourself off of those uh, low cal or uh, high calorie, low nutrient dense foods, then over time, when you do get a taste of it, and I'm sure it's going to happen because it's very well integrated into our culture, mm -hmm. then it's going to be that much better. Uh, so there's the whole you know like abstaining for a while in order to make an experience that much more memorable. Right. Your tongue becomes numb to the, the sensation. But what I, what I would also say is if you abstain for a while, because I used to be a, a Mountain Dew fiend. Like when I first started making money when I was like, I don't know, 17 or 18, I couldn't buy booze. And so like I would buy like a 12 pack of Mountain Dew and like drink it all in two days over the weekend. Just like, yep. I don't know, for just because I guess I could. But if I try to drink a Mountain Dew now after like abstaining for so long, it's just like the most syrupy mm -hmm. concoction. Like I can't, I can't drink a whole Mountain Dew. I get like halfway, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm done with this. I can't, I can't yeah. do this. Your teeth kind of feel a little bit like they got like texture to them after that. Right. It's just like a film on them. Yeah. yeah. I always think it's like eating into my enamel or something. Like, oh my god! Like it's, it's just like. It's yeah. just it's like scratching my teeth that way. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it's not happening, but <laughs> I mean, um, sodas are not good for your teeth. That is common no. knowledge, I think, at this point. Yeah, we used to always beg my mom to uh, run us by the like it was like a little convenience store that was close mm -hmm. to uh, the school that I went to when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, and we would always want to get like those big bottles of soda and yeah. God, my my mother's she's so great. She would turn us away. She'd be like, "No, go get something else," or she would just not take us at all because she knew exactly what we were headed there for. Right? You'd be like, "Oh, mom, can we go to the convenience store? I want to get some fresh produce to fill yeah. my young body and make me healthy." And she was like, "No, you want to get the soda." Yeah, <laughs> like a uh, super duper energizer, sugar plus. Diet, something, whatever. Like <laughs> all these like great commercialized terms that they can mm -hmm. stamp all over a bottle with colorful wording and attractive images. And these true. kids are just like, oh man, that's cool. Like I'm gonna get that. Yep. Oh man, there were kids that were running around the donut store this morning, and they oh, were like, they were hype. Oh duh, they were knew they were gonna get that fucking sugar fix. Jeez. Hype. They got it, yeah. And they were they were going balls. <laughs> if you could just like strap like I don't know some kind of like device that would like create energy just from like twitching human beings, mm -hmm. then that's your any energy crisis that you could possibly have. You just right. be like ah, one donut for a child. One donut for a child. Done, and then they're just like the entire day. Just strap them into the matrix. Yeah. Suck, suck all their essence. That's right. You just get a little, like, tap them in, you know? <laughs> yes. Well, oh, man. I, um, yeah, I mean, that's more or less the gist of what I wanted to get at. You know, sugar is mm -hmm. harvested from places that people aren't always treated fairly. Um, and then, and then since it's a commodity, we don't know where the sugar comes from. So it's just all anonymous, right? You just know, there's, there's not, it's not like coffee where there's this movement in coffee where we have like fair trade, organic, whatever, where you can, 
get a better idea that the people harvesting it were treated fairly. There hasn't been that push for sugar for whatever reason. And it's just like in so many different things. So <laughs> it's, well, it's even more anonymous of where they're getting it from. Well, coffee, like in terms of like fair trade movements, I think coffee's probably been the forerunner in that. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think it's generally revered as being one of those products that many people have difficulty functioning without when you're, when you're talking about addictive substances, right? Definitely. Uh, so I think if, if sugar were to ever accomplish that, that same kind of teardom of, <laughs> of, uh, psychoactive substances, then maybe that would be the case as well. It is just well, as addictive. We've already highlighted it. People can't get away from this stuff. It is, but it's it's socially stigmatized in a separate way, uh, mm -hmm. and I, I know that there's a pushback from a lot of these companies, and they're still trying to brand it as something that's that's okay to be consumed. Yeah, uh, I mean, like I've, there was a a, um, a court case in 2010 in which the Corn Refiners Association tried to petition the FDA to chop off high fructose from high mm -hmm. fructose corn syrup just so they could market it slightly differently because people see mm -hmm. that high fructose and they get freaked out. Right. You know, they know it's not necessarily good for you, but if you have a, you know, a coffee and you label it as like a blonde roast, like mm -hmm. people don't necessarily think that it's going to have a higher presence of, of caffeine. It yeah. does, you know, like there's, it, 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 I don't know. It, I think people just like, they compartmentalize things in their mind. Oh yeah. Which then allow various avenues for commercialization down the road. Definitely. So yeah, I mean, in the same way that we don't have uh, fair trade opioids, like well, it's slightly different. <laughs> <because it's laughs> what? Uh, they're not, they're not legal, so. Yeah, it's that's probably never going to happen, uh, and that that would be an extreme example. <laughs> uh, but we do, we we still. I mean, in, in all honesty, like we do have opioids that are legal. Where do you think we get that? Like, right? There's, uh, there's, it's just not available for for public purchase. Right. You know, and I mean, <laughs> it's not depends on where you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't fucking know. Like, I, I don't know, I don't know where we're where we're buying uh, any type of opium from or or not opium but opioid producing products maybe that could be a, another episode because there's a huge issue with fentanyl in china getting to the streets of america which yeah. is very very bad um oh man the opioid epidemics in china yeah you could do a you could do an episode just over that mm -hmm. let's uh, see here well um i guess the other thing is to think about is just the general health issues uh surrounding sugar where high sugar diets uh, causes lots of different inflammations in the body and those inflammations can be seen in in things such as diabetes and heart disease where your body is essentially i don't want to call sugar a poison because i feel like that's might be a little inflammatory i think all things in moderation are fine yeah, but uh, in high doses, um, if you're never giving your body a break uh, from these substance from the substance that is sugar uh, in your uh, your body to process it through your liver, it, it can have damaging effects on you. Um, mm -hmm. 
And there, there is a trend if you look at charts of things uh, such as diabetes and heart disease in America from when we made the switch from fats being our friends to carbs being our friends in the 60s and 70s, there is an upward trend in America of more and more people being diagnosed with these diseases. And some of that may be that we're living longer uh, as, as a society, so people have more time to acquire diseases such as diabetes and heart disease. These are diseases that generally happen later in life from mm -hmm. extended life uh, expectancies. Yes. But at the same time... Um, sugar ain't helping. Yeah, sugar ain't helping. Sugar, sugar is not our friend. No, it is not. Uh, I mean, if if anything, you could just be like, okay, so what are the good things about sugar? Like, what is it going to, what what positive nutritional impact does it have on the human body? Yeah. Is yeah. there is there anything? No. <laughs> I, I can't think of anything. Like, yeah. I, oh, but I mean, hey, you know, it's about that time in the show. What's the silver lining here, man? Like, what what's the good thing about sugar? What? <laughs> What's the upside of a sugar addiction epidemic? <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, there's there's a lot of people out there that are corn farmers. We discussed earlier that are right. subsidies as a result of it. Yeah. Continue on their mundane and suicide laden thought <laughs> lives. God damn it. <laughs> um, the good thing about sugar. You would think at this point, like I would think about these beforehand because I know we're always going to do it at the end of the show. I still neglect to do that. Um, yeah, it's good. The, it keeps it organic. It keeps it organic. The I'm good sure. thing about sugar is, I don't know, I just think about all the warm, fuzzy occasions yep. from my childhood. And I'm not saying we couldn't have had those occasions without it, but I don't know. Maybe these occasions are a bad thing. Like I shouldn't have these warm, fuzzy feelings surrounding like remembering my dad being like, Well, kids, tonight, why don't we have sugar for dinner instead? Like I can remember vividly my dad like pulling out one you know those gallon tubs of ice cream? Yep. That they're really cheap. My dad was like, Alright, so instead of doing dinner, we're gonna get this ice cream out. Yeah. We're gonna put a bunch of stuff in it. We're gonna have that for dinner. And as a child, like that was like the coolest thing ever. I was like, Dad, you're the amazing, right? And yeah. uh, so I don't know. I mean, I've got some standout warm, fuzzy feelings around sugar. And I don't think necessarily sugar is horrible, right? Like if we could just somehow keep the sugar to like these warm, fuzzy occasions. Like let's say you didn't eat sugar, you know, all day, every day. But then like on your birthday, you got to have, you know, a cake with some sugar in it. I think it would make it all that more special, right? So I don't, I mean, I, I like I like the special occasions that we have surrounding sugar that give us an excuse to take part in these special meals together. I just wish that it wasn't just like in every aspect, all day, every day, right? Right. Yeah, that's a good point, Jimmy. And I, and I agree with you. Like, I, I'm, in the, I'm in the same boat. Like, there's a lot of warm, fuzzy feelings that I had uh, in regards to these huge meals that were punctuated mm -hmm. with the most fantastic desserts. Like, all, all the, the ladies in my family uh, who had any type of uh, affinity for baking were like wizards. You know, like, they, yeah. they just had this special magic that they would 
they would place like this aura over the end of every meal and yep. people would be like, oh man, like I'm totally full. Like I couldn't eat anymore. I have engaged in American gluttony to the most that I possibly could. And yet somebody was able to produce this substance that yeah. I, I still will find totally delectable and eat almost the same volume that I yeah. do. <laughs> There's always a second stomach for dessert, right? Yeah. How do you do it? It's amazing. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, it's definitely a definitely a silver lining. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, everybody, thank you for listening to us today. Where wait, can, uh, wait, oh, we got to talk about what makes us sad. Oh, oh well, I, I okay. Well, if we have to, Jimmy, what yeah, what makes you to. sad? So I have this is this is a story. Sorry, this is a story of fire and redemption it is a full circle feeling of events okay so this is what happened so okay. i've been i've been doing some really nerdy stuff lately tim i've been getting into this game called gaslands that i won't get too into but more or less you you do you make like these mad max style cars out of hot wheels and so i don't have like a space to do that inside so i was outside doing this and it was like a friday I just got off work. I was like, I'm going to have my beer. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to work on some little toy cars, and it's going to be a real good time. And so I did that. I worked on my toy cars, and I was enjoying my beer and everything like that. And then it looked like it was going to rain. And so I was like, okay, I'll bring all my stuff inside. So I, I piece by piece brought all my stuff inside, and then I came in to work on, on the podcast on, on my computer. And so I was, I was working on the podcast, editing um, the last episode, and I go to take a sip of my beer, right? Uh-oh. And as, I, as I'm drinking my beer, I can feel something solid in my mouth. Oh, God. And it freaks me out so bad that I spontaneously spit up my beer onto my fancy mechanical keyboard right oh no and and sitting at me looking at me is this fly staring at me through the keyboard and i and i don't know what to do so i go to go grab a towel and i come back in and my computer screen is like freaking out because the keyboard thinks it's getting inputs from the liquid beer Jeez. That has gone into its motherboard. Oh, and so cool. I, I pull it all out. I end up washing my keyboard of water, which you're not supposed to do, but I didn't want it to get sticky. <laughs> and I uh, take off all the keys and I let it dry. And then the next day I try to plug it in and it says it isn't reading anything. It's not taking in any information. It says it doesn't detect a device. I'm getting really bummed out. So I unplug it. I let it dry some more on a towel but then I plugged it in today and it works. But I was oh, so yeah. sad for like 48 hours, Tim. I was like so fucking sad. Like not only was my beer ruined and I spit it all up, but I like spit it onto an expensive piece of electronic equipment. And yep. so right now I'm really happy, but I was super bummed out for 48 hours. So it's not, so it's a temporary sad feeling. Yeah. It seems like a really cool game, by the way. Yeah, I'll tell you more about it after the thing. Gaslight. I don't want to. I don't want to bore people out with my my um, nerdy bullshit. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, I've certainly had that happen before. Yeah. Darn all our fragile, expensive equipment that make our lives easier. Ugh. Yeah. 
dude. It was. So, I was so afraid because like I've already fucked up one keyboard with alcohol, and I convinced Corsair to give me a new one, but I don't think I could convince them to give me another one. Even though it's a German company, and if anyone was going to understand spilling beer on a key- keyboard, I think the Germans would understand. <laughs> I still don't think they would give me another free one. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. There, there is limits to people's kindness. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. How about you, Tim? Anything bumming you out? Uh... Oh, uh, so we've had uh, a lot of inclement weather lately, uh-huh. uh, a lot of rain, uh, and then we had a second heat wave. My area okay. of the tree. So everything is blooming right now. Uh, I had a sneezing fit this morning for a solid three minutes. Like, no joke, just like one sneeze after another for three minutes solid. Like, I was trying to blow my nose in between. And it was all because uh, for 30 seconds, I took the trash out, I put it in the can, and I came back inside. And just from that amount of time being outside, like, I was lit up. Like, I couldn't do it. When I got it. Wanted to to go to the donut store. Uh, <laughs> I I like had to hold my breath and, and like close my eyes. Have Caitlin like in the car. Oh my god. I yeah. I'm just like I'm totally I, so well, fragile. How, how has evolution happened this way? Like well, how do I still have <laughs> these types of problems? Right. Ridiculous. It's just like you're this big, strong boy that beats on people with metal swords and your armed combat league, but like a flower blooms and it just like brings you to your knees. Yeah, and this is the kind of thing, it's like it, one of my ancestors should have been eaten by a giant cat because as soon as they got a big old whiff of pollen, they would have just been like, you know, they're they're on a platter at that point. They're just like sneezing up a storm. The cat's like, yeah. Man, that's a weird noise. I'm going to go yeah. check it out for no other reason than it's a weird noise. Yep. Sure enough, it's this guy who's been blinded by like pollen that's getting in his eyes and he can't breathe so he can't run away. You know, it, it's the perfect meal, right? Exactly. <laughs> I Although love I it. guess my cat is kind of scared when I when I sneeze. Like it's loud, makes her jump. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Yep. That's okay. all I got, man. No, that's good. good. I'll take it. Yeah, not too, not too bad. Not too shabby. All right. Uh, so uh, thank you again for those of you that have been uh, commenting on our Facebook page. Yes. Uh, and uh, giving us feedback. Yes. We really do appreciate your your comments, your concerns, your criticisms, uh, all of the above. Uh, please keep on doing that. Yes. Uh, we are eventually going to get around to producing a. Uh, a mini sode. We're gonna do it. We're gonna take it. We're gonna cut our losses, and we're just gonna take everything we have. It may be really short. Yep. And, it may, and maybe once we make it, Amazing. you all, the listeners, will be less scared to contact us. Be like, oh, that wasn't so bad. And then you'll be like, I want to be acknowledged. I want to be like Susie McFinkel, who messaged about the one thing. <laughs> that, is that a real and person? <laughs> there's probably a Susie McFinkel somewhere out there. And, and she then might be a listener. Yeah. Who knows? And she might be a listener. Thank you, Susie McFinkel, for listening. <laughs> uh, 
yes, thank you so much uh, to everyone that has commented. Please and, continue to do so. And, and you can do that by uh, emailing us at cynicempowerment at gmail.com. Yep. We take emails there. You can also message us on our Facebook page, which is Cynic Empowerment. You can yep. just find us there, uh, shoot us a message. Uh, we'll Please. read those. What? And uh, if you want to find somewhere to listen to us that isn't SoundCloud, if that's where you're currently listening to it, you can also listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher if you want to download any of the episodes. Yep, yep. Absolutely. All great places to listen to us. Uh, so thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, this has been a good episode, and uh, we look forward to hanging out with y'all next time, everybody. Keep your head up. Yeah, keep your head up. We'll catch you next time. Wham, wham, wham. Woo! <laughs>